Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 123 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, April 7th, 2022. January 6th political prisoner found not guilty on all four counts. How is transgender ideology infiltrating public schools? And the mainstream media finally discovers Hunter Biden's laptop. Details coming up on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show. But first... Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious that the last presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I'm running for governor. The Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas. I am the only conservative running. Unlike my opponent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I will actually answer questions. I will actually talk about my stance on all kinds of issues that she doesn't want to talk about herself. If you would like to support my candidacy, if you'd like to support the idea of getting rid of the status quo and drastically cutting the size and scope of Arkansas state government to get them off your back, go to our website, electdocwashburn.com electdocwashburn.com. That's where you can contribute financially, also can volunteer if you want to. Now, coming up, well, I got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm going to be in uh, Mammoth Spring. Mammoth Spring at the um, the meet and greet at 5 o'clock Saturday 418 VFW Drive in Mammoth Spring, almost up in uh, in Missouri. At 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock this Saturday, I'm going to be at the uh, Bill of Rights, Arkansas. Bill of Rights, Arkansas, meeting at Paragould Community Center in Paragould, Arkansas. I'm going all over the state, meeting with the folks that Sarah is trying to avoid. Coming up Friday evening, the Jackson County Republican Barbecue Bash at Jacksonport State Park. State Park. Yes, Friday evening, 6 o'clock, the Jackson County Republican Barbecue Bash at Jacksonport State. Why can't I say Jacksonport State Park? I guess I'm losing it. Anyway, um, I believe that's in Newport. No, Jacksonport, Arkansas. Jacksonport, Arkansas. What the, what part of the state is that in? I'm I'm learning all kinds of new stuff. It's right outside Newport on the White River. Very good, very good. All right. Um, coming up Thursday evening. Let's see. Thursday evening, January seventh, Garland County Republican Party. Meeting in the McGrew Building, uh, six fifteen Grand Avenue. That is tonight, Thursday night, April seventh at six p.m. I want to say thank you to my friend Dave Ellswick for having me on his program this morning, the Dave Ellswick Show, over at one hundred one point one, The Answer. I was on for an hour talking about my candidacy for governor uh, from seven to eight this morning, and I'm sure he's got it up on Facebook. We'll share it on our Facebook platforms here in just a little bit after I finish. Uh, today's live stream slash podcast. All right, um, let's talk about this. The great Julie Kelly 
has the article that dropped last night, Judge Acquits January 6th Protester in First Defeat for DOJ. D.C. District Judge, pardon me, D.C. District Court Judge Trevor McFadden yesterday delivered a major blow to the Justice Department's aggressive prosecution of January 6th protesters. Following a bench trial this week for Matthew Martin, a New Mexico man charged with the most common misdemeanors related to the Capitol protest, Judge McFadden found Martin not guilty on all counts. It is the first acquittal in the January 6th case. Nearly 800 Americans have been arrested and charged, mostly on petty offenses, for their involvement in the four-hour disturbance that day. Martin was arrested a year ago on four counts, entering and remaining in a restricted building, disorderly conduct in a restricted building, violent entry, and parading in the Capitol building. Prosecutors confirmed he was in the building for roughly 10 minutes. He pleaded not guilty and opted for a bench trial before Judge McFadden, a Trump appointee. Taking the stand in his own defense, Martin said he was waved into the building by Capitol Police. Aha! According to Zoe Tillman over at BuzzFeed, who's covering the in-person trials in Washington, an official for the U.S. Capitol Police testified the police, quote, were so vastly outnumbered and couldn't stop people, and all they could do was observe and try to make sure no one got hurt, unquote. Judge McFadden called Martin's conduct minimal and non-serious, found it plausible that Martin was allowed into the building and did not realize the grounds were off-limits to the public. Judge McFadden's ruling could impact pending cases and plea offers since a government witness confirmed for the first time under oath that police stood by as people entered the Capitol building. The next trial for a January 6th defendant facing the same charges is scheduled for April 13th when Russell Dean Alford will appear before Judge Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee. Well, you know, i got to tell you, I think all the charges should be dropped at this point because the government is testifying. We just let them in. Okay, well, that uh, that cuts the legs out from under everything, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. But maybe Obama judges will see things differently. I don't know, fam. I don't know. Now let's talk about uh, the uh, how the transgender ideology is infiltrating our public schools. So, John Stokes who founded the Ars Technica company. He's a writer, coder, also writes at opensourcedefense.org. He's out there on Twitter saying the appeal or groomer, pardon me, the appeal of the word groomer is really simple. He says, I'm surprised how many people are surprised that the word groomer is catching on. The pattern is this. And this is kind of rough, just warning you. Number one, I'm an adult and you're a small child. Number two, we talk about sex. Number three, your parents don't need to know about this conversation. Number four, eventually you and I will have sex. That's the whole thing about being a groomer. So one guy responds, maybe it's because I'm involved with my school board or because I'm in a community where schools are a huge focus. But I just don't see number three, the part about your parents don't need to know about this conversation. He says, we all know the curriculum. There's tons of transparency. A lot of times we coordinate discussions at home with what's on the lesson plan. Another respondent said, you should trust your own experience. 
I don't believe that teaching second graders about sex is actually happening. It says there's a total moral panic based on six viral Internet videos spinning off into paranoid delusions about the state and pedophilia. Next person says it's definitely happening, particularly regarding gender identity. Plenty of examples if you want them. And then they go back to the first respondent who says, I'd be interested in personal examples and not it's happening hype articles fed by the Heritage Foundation machine. So John Stokes, the guy who started it all, responded. And I warned you this could be kind of rough. He said, in 2019, I was taking my three girls somewhere when suddenly in the back seat I heard the middle one, eight years old, explaining to the youngest one, six years old, that, quote, some girls are born with a penis, unquote. Record scratch. What? They were in public school at the time, so I asked the eight-year-old where she got this false information. Apparently, her class had read the book I Am Jazz over even the teacher's objection and without the parents being notified or informed in any way. Eight years old now. One of her classmates was going to be transitioning from male to female, eight years old. And his parents had strong-armed the school into having this book read to the class. No parents were informed of this foolishness either before or afterwards. The school had brought in consultants on the matter, a self-identified transbian from a local nonprofit who gave what I later found out was a weird, uncomfortable workshop to the staff with no parent input. By the way, this guy lives in Austin, Texas, just so you know. He says there were all kinds of bathroom rules put in place. Some small girls were threatened by the staff with trouble if they complained about boys in their bathroom, etc., and so on. All the stuff you know from libs of TikTok, that is a uh, Twitter profile that highlights insane things libs put on social media. John Stokes continues, it's real and it happens in real life. The school pushed all this craziness on the staff and students because they were terrified of a lawsuit. Not because... There's any buy-in on these issues. There was not. But out of sheer terror of being sued. The activists have sowed bullying, and they're reaping it at the ballot box. He says, anyway, back to the incident in my truck. I had a chat with the kids right then and there about this issue. We had planned to wait to discuss this, but our hand was rudely forced. He says, this is how I described my chat with the girls to a mailing list I was on at the time. So let's look at what's on the mailing list. He says, at any rate, generally speaking, my wife and I regularly tell the girls that there are many new things they face as kids in today's world that their mother and I did not face and do not really understand or know how to navigate. We talk about how confusing Many of these things are for us as grown-ups and how they bring fundamental values that we have into conflict with one another in ways that we're having a hard time with and how we're doing the best we can to try and help them through a world that's very different than the one we grew up in. In this particular case, I stress that however we felt about things that are going on in the classroom and in the world, as Christians, we were going to err on the side of kindness and of making people feel welcome and safe and of not giving offense or adding to a child's distress. I also admitted that I have deep misgivings about this accommodationist approach for various reasons that I won't go into in this thread, but that nonetheless, this was a course we would take as a family for now and we would ask them, how they felt about it periodically, and discuss it if anyone's feelings changed. I should also say that I talked to the girls about how no child is born in the wrong body, that it is a poisonous lie, 
Large bodies, small bodies, boy bodies, girl bodies, your body is yours and is wonderful. Having a healthy boy body or a healthy girl body or whatever size, of whatever size and shape, is not a medical condition. It's a marvelous gift from God. And if for whatever reason a child is nonetheless distressed about that amazing gift, then that child needs our love, support, and prayers because the child is facing challenges that we may not understand and we don't want to add to those challenges. So we try to walk a line between being who we are, both as boys and girls and as a community, and speaking our truth where it's appropriate, and knowing when to be quiet or to even speak in a way that feels false to us because we're trying to put someone else's needs ahead of our feelings and knowing when we really do need to put our own feelings and needs first. This latter one is especially important for girls, and especially when they're relating to the needs of boys. All these things are very difficult, and I told the kids I'm not at all certain I'm telling them the right thing, and their mother and I may be making mistakes in all this, and that they'd probably have plenty to talk about with their therapist one day. Yikes. So he continues now, saying, Our kids are not at that school anymore, needless to say, but the story in this thread is not unique, nor is it the only such story I have personally. Parents are being blindsided by this stuff, and it's not right. Insofar as the Democrats own this, I can't imagine voting for one again. The sort of code to all this, at least for me, is that there really is no venue for either public or private dialogue about this issue that is not totally broken. The aforementioned mailing list where I posted that, I left because I was threatened and censored for discussing this topic. You literally cannot talk about this anywhere, even in a semi-private venue, with people who disagree without it descending into some sort of screaming match. I'm basically resigned to some kind of violence at some point around these things. Hard to see a a way forward. He says, if one party's position is, quote, any discussion of this issue that takes place on terms that I don't like is literal violence, unquote, then they've ruled out all dialogue. What is left if there's no dialogue then? How do we resolve bitter existential conflicts without using our words? And then he links to a response of someone saying, our charter school in California was forced to adopt a policy that required teachers affirm all transgender identities while at the same time hide the identity from the parents if they weren't aware. In other words, use the transgender name and pronouns in all contexts except when parents were around. And John Stokes says, yep. Any political party that owns a position don't tell parents what happens at school and actively mislead them about critical identity issues that have serious lifelong medical implications for the child is utterly doomed. And I am here for it. Amen. Amen. So, again, I go back to the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, who vetoed a bill to outlaw this kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Who vetoed the bill to criminalize sterilizing children. To veto the bill to criminalize chemical castration of children. Aza Hodginson. Republicans in the state legislature overwhelmingly overrode his veto. But uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders says he's been doing a good job. Been doing a good job. Um, let's see. So someone here on the Podbean app says, 
I so need to talk to my 13-year-old boy. That is, and even identifies as a boy about this whole ridiculous mess. I've mentioned in general the issues he needs to watch that are taught in school, but I now have to explain yet another warning about bad and evil people in this world who are able to convince people who don't know the truth that their side is the best for whatever reason. Was that clear as mud? I got distracted. Huh. Um, okay. Someone here says, hey, Doc, off subject, what's the best way to send you a message? I have a potential sponsor for you. Well, let's see. Let's see. I'm just going to say, hey, are we Facebook friends? Oh, you got to hit send. Okay. There you go. Somebody said there's some confused people out there. I think it's being done intentionally. I don't think it's being done out of confusion. They're groomers. They're groomers. And they want access to your children. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. Oh, yes, we're Facebook friends. I don't know if I have the right one. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let me just type it in here. Try Doc Washburn. Not the one with my full legal name, okay? The crazy thing about um, Facebook is if you are a public personality and you get to the point where you have 5,000 Facebook friends, which is the limit, and you keep on getting Facebook requests, friend requests on Facebook, there's an algorithm that kicks in. And Facebook contacts you and says, you can't use a nickname anymore. you got to use your complete legal name. you got to send us a picture of your photo ID. So my complete legal name is Francis Seaton Washburn, Jr. But I've always called myself Doc Washburn. I didn't even want anybody to know my complete legal name, but now I'm running for governor. There's no way to keep it secret. But I didn't want a Facebook page that said that. I wanted to say Doc Washburn because that's how people know me on the radio. So I, I think it was 2016, 2015, 2016. I had to start all over again, start from scratch with a Doc Washburn Facebook page. Now, of course, we got Doc Washburn uh, personal page. Got the Doc Washburn show page. And we even have a an elect Doc Washburn Facebook page. So you can send the message to, uh, to any of those, really. All right, uh, that having been said... We are so thankful that we have five advertisers now. And uh, they're the people that make it possible for us to do what we do. Because advertisers pay to have us advertise. It's just like if you go to electdocwashburn.com and make a contribution, you make it possible for us to do what we do with me running all over the state getting my message out to people. And, and, and again, if I get my message to enough Republican primary voters, I will be the nominee and I will be the governor. Because Sarah doesn't have a message. She's got $13 million, but she didn't have a message. Big difference. Too many issues she can't talk about. I'm sure she doesn't want all of Arkansas to know that she is in favor of employer vaccine mandates. She has no problem with Walmart telling the home office, you all got to get vaccinated. Has no problem with Tyson telling their employees, you got to get vaccinated. Because in her way of looking at it, well, you know, private business can do whatever they want. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. Let me uh, give a shout out to some of our advertisers here and thank you so much to all of them. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership. 
the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. All right. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better, what better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, Low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big red button, schedule call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement. But how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there. And there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait Call Jonathan Presswood today at 
888-900-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, now, let's... um. Let's follow up a little bit on this whole deal of your children being indoctrinated in a worldview that we all find to be anathema in the government schools. Now, this is about a one-minute video clip from the General Counsel of the National Education Association, from 2009. Will you be shocked at what he says? I don't think so. Here it is. Despite what some among us would like to believe, it is not because of our creative ideas. It is not because of the merit of our positions. It is not because we care about children. And it is not because we have a vision of a great public school for every child. NEA and its affiliates are effective advocates because we have power. And we have power because there are more than 3.2 million people who are willing to pay us hundreds of millions of dollars in dues each year because they believe that we are the unions that can most effectively represent them. The unions that can protect their rights and advance their interests as education employees. So there you go. You heard him say it. It's not because we care about children. NEA and its affiliates are effective advocates because we have power. He admitted it. They applauded it. What else do you want? What else do you want? There it is. There it is. All right, now. Need to get to uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. So let me scroll down here. By the way, Nancy Pelosi tests positive for COVID-19. She was uh, up close and personal with uh, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, a bunch of other Democrat leaders yesterday. So that was uh, that was kind of interesting. That was kind of interesting. All right, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. Let me, um, uh, CBS, CBS Evening News. You have any idea who uh, hosts the CBS Evening News? See, I was a kid. We knew. It was Walter Cronkite and then Dan Rather. And then after that, you kind of fall off the, uh, kind of fall off the plantation, kind of fall off the edge of the earth. Nora O'Donnell. Nora O'Donnell anchors the CBS Evening News. I don't know how many decades it's been since I watched the uh, CBS, ABC, or NBC Evening News. This is interesting. Uh, Mainstream media discovering, discovering the Hunter Biden laptop. How about that? Check this out. And we want to turn now to a CBS News investigation by Catherine Herridge, who spoke with a top Republican senator who for years has been investigating the business dealings of the president's brother and son. CBS News has learned that more than 150 transactions involving either Hunter or James Biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks for further review. Some of those concerns included large wire transfers. This is uh, where it is. After a nearly three-year investigation, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley told CBS News he believes the president's younger brother, James, was instrumental in Hunter Biden's Chinese business ventures. I think James Biden was very much a part of this. James Biden has worked as an entrepreneur and recently in the healthcare industry. We will focus on James Biden. 
the president's brother. This week, this Grassley released bank records three. indicating James Biden's company, the Lion Hall Group, was paid directly by a Chinese financed consulting firm. These records come directly from the banks, no third party. You're absolutely right. In our interview, Grassley did not allege the Bidens broke the law, but he said it's concerning that both Hunter and James Biden were promised retainers for their China work totaling $165,000 a month in 2017 after Joe Biden left the vice presidency. We have people with the Biden name dealing with Chinese business people that have a relationship through the Communist Party. I think it's very concerning. This 2019 subpoena, verified by CBS News, shows federal investigators also sought Hunter and James Biden's business records from a major U.S. bank dating back to 2014 as part of a separate probe by the U.S. attorney in Delaware into possible violations of tax and foreign lobbying laws. I think Hunter and James Biden should not have entered into those relationships. In the best case, those things look really bad. In the worst case, the conflicts can be quite serious. Yeah, they look really bad, all right. They look really bad. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. But the question is, the question is, why is this coming out? Because usually this is the kind of stuff the mainstream media Ignores. They certainly ignored it in the lead up to the 2020 sham election. So why are they talking about it now? That's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, it gives one the impression that the powers that be are wanting to... uh, Get Biden out of the way for something else. I'm just saying. This is very unusual. Very unusual. I don't know. What do you think? It's, uh... Okay, we got, um... Over at, um... AmericanConservatives.com slam dunk case to indict Hunter Biden on tax evasion. Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute, stated during a Republican study committee meeting that there was a clear case to indict Hunter Biden for tax evasion. Breitbart News exclusively learned this. Peter Schweitzer, author of the movie Red, uh, pardon me, author of the book, Red-handed helping China win American elites get rich. He spoke to members of the Republican Study Committee about his book. It focuses on American lawmakers and elites who became wealthy to America's disadvantage. I interviewed him on on my show. He said while the book does, does cover many elites who sell to China, the main focus of the book is on Joe Biden, the usurper, I'll never call him president, as well as his family. RNC Chairman Jim Banks stated he believed, after reading Clinton Cash, the untold story about how and why foreign businesses and governments helped Bill and Hillary get rich, he believed the Clintons were the most corrupt family of politics. He then learned more about the Biden family. Schweitzer stated, Hunter Biden, laptop stories, helped him answer three fundamental questions about China's relationship with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Schweitzer stated it also indicated Joe Biden was a direct beneficiary from the money being transferred to Asia. Schweitzer stated a grand jury was established in 2018 to examine Hunter Biden's China business deals. It's looking at potential tax evasion and money laundering, as well as failure to register under the Foreign Agent Registration Act. Schweitzer stated Hunter Biden could still be sent to prison for tax evasion, which is a likely charge. He did, however, admit Hunter Biden would likely be sent to jail in order to protect his father. Huh? He would likely be sent to jail in order to protect his father. How did, I don't get that. All right, well, here's the quote. <clears throat> what seems quite clear at this point 
is that you can notice it without with a flurry of news reporting that is occurring and that I would say that the chances are fairly good Hunter Biden will be indicted. I'm not sure which one of these charges. Tax evasion seems like a sure thing. Here's the challenge for Americans and the people in the room. It's likely that there will be a deal. Hunter Biden will be charged with some of these charges. He could spend some time in prison. He will do it to protect his father. The American people won't have any accounting. They will not have an accounting of what financial relationships were and how they influence U.S. policies, unquote. To prevent foreign influence, Peter Schweitzer made two recommendations, increased congressional oversight and reforms in ethics. Here's what he said about that. Congressional oversight here is a legitimate function. It's not the Department of Justice's job to do this. What I would suggest is that congressional committees when you anticipate taking the majority in November using use the subpoena powers of the oversight committees for the investigation. Hunter Biden and the other witnesses should all testify under oath, subpoena financial records, and joint accounts must be subpoenaed. If we look at the current situation as it relates to the Biden family that Joe Biden must disclose if he holds $1,000 worth of GE stock, his campaign contributors must be disclosed, However, his son has multi-million dollar deals with Chinese state-owned companies where he's not performing a legitimate business purpose. There's no disclosure requirement. Why not just ask the legislative and executive branches to answer one simple question? Do you have any members of your immediate family, adult children, spouse, who are involved in commercial activities with foreign states or foreign-owned companies? If yes, you should at least ask members to reveal it. Peter Schweitzer stressed that foreign entities are now able to make deals with their family members in order to offshore an individual they want to corrupt and to protect them against these types of disclosures and ethics reforms. Jim Jordan, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, has opened a new investigation into Facebook's and Twitter's impressions about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Jim Jordan, if the House Republicans retake the House majority, will likely become the chair of the Judiciary Committee and have the power of investigating the Biden family. Banks stated that Jordan would lead, would head the Judiciary Committee and will do the right thing about investiga- investigations in the Biden families. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I can't imagine Hunter going, oh yeah, send me to prison for a few years to protect dad, to protect the big guy. That would surprise me. But then again, I've been surprised before, you know. I've been surprised before. I don't know, fam. You know, I was surprised they were able to steal it in 2020. To steal a landslide election. Now remember... Remember, we still have members of Congress who say that never happened. That never happened. Yeah. Um, French Hill, who represents the 2nd District of of, uh, Arkansas, Central Arkansas. He says it's a fiction and fallacy to suggest that Donald Trump had a landslide election stolen from him and Donald Trump's rhetoric leading up January 6th was unforgivable. He said Liz Cheney was an outstanding conservative even after she voted to impeach Trump. And guess who endorsed French Hill? That's right, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So I guess she agrees with him. I guess she agrees with him. Uh, let me see. Got to do a message here on Podbean real quick. It's one of these things. So 
Somebody send me a Facebook message, but I don't see it. It's a, it's a big deal. Possible advertiser, you know. That's how this whole thing, that's what makes the world go round when we do what we do. Anyway, all right, so we got that. Slam dunk case to indict Hunter Biden on tax evasion. Well, we'll see. Now, did you hear about this? The report that ballot harvesters in Georgia stopped at Democrat offices in between runs to drop boxes during the 2020 election. Know about that? Deborah Hine has it over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. During the 2020 election, ballot traffickers in Georgia allegedly stopped at Democrat gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams' headquarters and at least one other Democrat Party office in between their runs to stuff unmanned drop boxes with ballots. Surveillance video featured in conservative filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza's upcoming movie, 2000 Mules, reportedly shows people coming out of their cars night after night with piles of ballots and stuffing them into drop boxes funded by Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Election integrity activists used geospatial technology to track the ballot harvester's cell phones to precise locations. Catherine Engelbrecht, founder of True the Vote, told Newsweek magazine in March her group spent a million dollars to obtain the geospatial information from several marketing services. In addition, Engelbrecht said she paid $20,000 to obtain video via open records requests to counties and cities in five states where it, appear, where it appeared Trump was winning until mail-in and Dropbox ballots were counted, Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. From there, she says she and her staff cross-referenced the times and locations of the cell phones whose users visited multiple drop boxes with the 4 million minutes of video obtained from city and county governments. Ms. Engelbrecht said the geospatial data was the driver. She told Newsweek she would be turning over time and date stamps video that shows the same people inserting ballots into sometimes dozens of different drop boxes to various law enforcement officials. During an interview with the Gateway Pundit reporter Joe Hoft, Turning Point USA founder and President Charlie Kirk said he had recently spent time with D'Souza and saw clips from the movie that convinced him the 2020 election fraud was part of a criminal conspiracy. Charlie Kirk said you have the surveillance video that Dinesh D'Souza is using in his upcoming movie where people are coming out of the car with piles of ballots. Of course, that activity is illegal. Quote, you cannot do that in Georgia, stuffing them into ballot boxes funded by Mark Zuckerberg. Coming night after night after night, the same guys. They're wearing latex gloves on camera. After they put the ballots in the drop boxes, they take off the latex gloves because they don't want fingerprints on the ballots, and they take pictures of every ballot, and you'll see this video footage. He says, I had a six-hour meeting with Dinesh D'Souza, and I saw all the evidence for myself. I was really skeptical at first, and we dove into it. And I was blown away at how the sophisticated technology they used to be able to track these people using cell phone technology because your cell phone is letting off a ping every three to five seconds. You can buy those pings off certain geographic areas going back to a specific time. They bought all the pings in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Detroit, Milwaukee, in the early voting period, and they shrank the universe and saw that some of these mules would visit these drop boxes every night and then go to Stacey Abrams' headquarters and then go back to the drop boxes. So this is a criminal conspiracy. Another source told the Gateway Pundit that a second Democrat office in the state of Georgia was also used as a stop for the dozens of ballot traffickers in the state. As for comment, Ms. Engelbrecht said, we cannot confirm anything about organization names right now by advice of counsel, but we can confirm two of the addresses were among a data set 
of those we reviewed. Now, in his movie, 2,000 Mules, coming out soon, Dinesh D'Souza claims one mule made a total of 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. He added, he's not alone. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. leaving no fingerprints, snapping photos to get paid. A coordinated ring of illegal vote harvesting in all the key states where the election was decided. Game over. Former President Trump shared the Gateway Pundit report in a mass email yesterday with a comment, Wow. That's from Deborah Hine over at amgreatness.com, American Greatness. Yeah, the Gateway Pundit is great. They did expose John Bozeman. They certainly did. They certainly did. He said Trump needs to get over it. He said uh, the election wasn't stolen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, that having been said, let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. Uh, they make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, now let me ask something. Do you have migraines? Do you have neck pain? Do you have back pain? How about vertigo? Or hay fever? Or eczema? Or acid reflux? Or problems with your blood sugar? If you're having any of these problems, listen up. Are your eyes off balance? Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your shoulders off balance? When you look at a picture of yourself, are you leaning to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I get rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how this works because it is the biggest, the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your reproductive system, your circulatory system, and yes, even your digestive system. It can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, problems with your blood sugar, even eczema. So do yourself a favor. If you're having any of these problems, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. That's for anybody in central Arkansas. 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas, you need to go to their website, 
TurnMyPowerOn.com. TurnMyPowerOn.com. Click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You. Okay? And I hope you can because this is wonderful. It's helped me, my wife, so many, so many people that we know. So many people that we know. All right. I love this part of the show. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. Believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental U.S. RedRiverYourWay.com. All right, this is kind of a, a, a three-for-one, a three-for-one tweet of the day. So you have uh, Jennifer Berkshire. She's a podcaster, but she's a lib. And she's very concerned that Christopher Rufo, the guy who discovered that Christ, um, critical race theory is being taught in public schools, wants to push back. She's very concerned about that. So she says, Christopher Rufo gave a speech at Hillsdale College last night called Laying Siege to the Institutions, calling for a campaign against public education that starts with, number one, sowing mass distrust in schools in order to win, number two, universal school choice. She says, if you listen to Christopher Rufo's speech, and you should, it's striking that the case he makes for universal school choice uses all the rhetoric used by many Democrats, but where their justification is achievement, Rufo's justification is laying siege to the institutions. So Randy Weingarten, of all people, president of the American Federation of Teachers, responds to that saying, Christopher Rufo, like Betsy DeVos, wants the end of public education as we know it. And the culture wars are simply his newest weapon. Now then, Christopher Rufo himself responds to this and says, the fact that Randy Weingarten, head of one of the biggest teachers unions in America, American Federation of Teachers, the fact that she thinks school choice would mean the end of public education is a damning admission that her schools are a disaster, and given the opportunity, most parents would flee them. Buddy, if that's not a tweet of the day, brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, I don't know what is. That is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Because that is exactly, exactly, what she is admitting. No question about it. No question about it. Now, we do have some breaking news, at least as I'm talking about this at almost 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, April 7th. Not trying to get your hopes up or anything, but... um, The news is what it is sometimes, you know. This is from Zachary Stiber over the EpicTimes.com special counsel John Durham's team. On April 6th, asked a federal judge to force Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign and two other parties to hand over documents they claim are protected by attorney-client privilege. The campaign... The Democrat National Committee and Fusion GPS appear to be withholding documents that aren't actually protected by the privilege. That's what John Durham's team said in the filing entered in the case against former Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman. Of the withheld materials, almost all 
quote, appeared to lack any connection to actual or expected litigation or the provision of legal advice, unquote. That's according to what prosecutors told U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper in Obama appointee who was overseeing the case. In fact, of the over 1,450 documents being withheld by Fusion GPS, only 18 emails and attachments are said to involve an attorney. The Clinton campaign, the DNC, and Fusion GPS did not respond to requests for comment. The documents in question are being sought for the upcoming trial of Michael Sussman, who was charged with lying to the FBI for going to a bureau lawyer in 2016 and falsely stating he didn't hand over unsubstantiated claims about then-candidate Donald Trump on behalf of a client. The claims were compiled with funding from the campaign and the DNC by former British spy Christopher Steele and Fusion GPS, an operative firm founded by former reporters. Michael Sussman and his lawyers have argued the lie about not bringing the information on behalf of a client was not material to the information itself. They have been pressing the judge to dismiss the case prior to trial. Attorney-client privilege protects many communications between a client and his lawyer. Disclosure to third parties usually undercuts privilege claims. But in this new filing, special counsel John Durham's team pointed out that Fusion GPS founders Glenn Simpson and Peter Fritsch penned a book published in 2019, which means even if a valid privilege did once exist, it might have since been waived by the fact that the book came out. Prosecutors also noted Fusion GPS operatives regularly communicated with reporters about their work, resulting in several stories before the 2020 election and a spate of other stories after voters hit the polls. Further, the Clinton campaign, Hillary for America, and the DNC have claimed privilege over communications sent by sent between Rodney Joffe, whom Sussman also was representing at the time, and a Fusion GPS operative, despite the fact, according to prosecutors, that no one from either the DNC or Hillary's campaign is copied on certain of these communications. The government subpoenaed information from the parties in 2021. Fusion GPS was paid by the Democrat entities through Perkins Coie, a law firm, The agreement was introduced as an exhibit in the case. Many, if not most, of the actions taken by Fusion GPS employees, according to Durham's team, do not appear to have been a necessary part of or even related to Perkins Coy's legal advice to the campaign of the DNC. Prosecutors want to examine the communications in a private, in-camera setting, quote, in order to resolve these issues and ensure that only legitimately privileged and or attorney work product protected communications and testimony be withheld from the otherwise admissible evidence and testimony that is presented to the jury at trial, unquote. Trial is currently set to start May 16th. All right, now here's the deal. In a normal world, this would be evidence Special Counsel John Durham is going after this Michael Sussman guy with all he's got in the hopes of rolling up bigger fish. And, you know, you might uh, might eventually even get to uh, Hillary Clinton. That's in a normal world. But in this world where you have a totally corrupt Justice Department, headed up by Merrick Garland and Lisa Monaco in charge. I'm shocked that Durham has gotten this far, you know? I mean, Hillary, Biden, Obama should all be implicated in all of this, but I can't imagine that Merrick Garland will let Durham go there. So I'm not trying to get your hopes up. I'm just trying to tell you what's going on and what's being reported. Because ordinarily... Ordinarily, you're not going to hear about this stuff in the mainstream media. I'm just saying. Okay? So, I mean, I just, it's my duty to report it to you. I don't want ever, I don't want you ever be able to say, Doc, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't we know? I'm trying to get it all out there for you.
All right. Having said that, you've been listening to episode 123 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. Well, that's the way it is. Thursday, April 7th, 2022.